You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. I'm getting over that Stanford thing. I think I bounced back a lot quicker than uh, than, than most of our fans from reading the message boards today. You know, uh, I'm going to start this rant, uh, you know, prior to you telling all the good people about our great sponsors. But uh, I think it's because I'm not saying that our fans don't adjust well to the other sports, but, you know, basketball is not football. I think I think because football, you only play 12 games. And when we lose a game, it's a huge story because now we can't win the national title or we're. I'm just saying, I think we treat the losses as, you know, the Titanic meets the Hindenburg when the very, very, you know, really, 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 really good basketball teams lose six or eight times a year. I mean, I mean, you're going to lose basketball games, period. And uh, I realize we played poorly. Uh, I'm just saying it's not it's it's sample size. That's not, that's not I mean, I, I read one dude on one of the message boards an hour ago said, if we don't play better tonight, I'm done with this team. I'm like, good God, I'm glad that person's not in coaching. No, and I go ahead. That is a valid, valid, valid point. However, let me counterpoint where I'm not done with this team and I'm not going to be done with this team. I believe in Nate Oates. I believe in what he preaches and I believe how he recruits. I believe in how he coaches. However, you know, we've spent all summer and, and him included to an extent you know, pumping this team up. And, I mean, we hadn't done anything to temper expectations. We got, And we shouldn't. I mean, we got – yeah, Kyra Lewis left, and that's a big piece. But let me tell you something. Quinterly's come in and arguably been the best player we've got. So He's the best, we were, it's the best player we, on the team. We replaced our best player with the guy who's currently the best player, okay? So right. I think it's fair to say that the Jacksonville State game, and we talked about it, where we didn't look – we didn't shoot well – and um, but we still won by 20, so we all said, you know, ho hum. Last night we played like ass. I mean, there wasn't a redeeming moment in the game, except ironically, when Alex Reese came in after we dogged him a little bit on this podcast, and he he just went straight for five big points and a couple of boards. Now he didn't do much after that, but um he he came in and gave a little bit of a spark. And uh man, where was everybody? I mean, Quinterly had led the team with 14 points. Where was everybody else? Where where was right. – and it is funny because there was a tweet put out by some analytic something or another that this is – I'm going to find the tweet while I'm sitting here ranting because I think I sent it to our whole group. It was just a bizarre uh, thing. Yeah, here it is. Oh, the stat cast. Stat cast. This is one of the most shocking outcomes I've seen from nearly 6,000 games tracked. Alabama lost by 18, but based on the shots both teams got, Alabama was supposed to win by 12. Well, you know, that's supposed to crap. <laughs> that That's yeah. great. Um, mm-hmm. And, I'm, I mean, look, I, I, we can all forgive this game. It's just recency bias right now. That thing's right on our mind. And it, and it hit everybody in the face because most of the people that are watching it are probably like me. It's 8.30 on a Monday night after Thanksgiving weekend. Hell, I'm tired. If you want me to stay up now, please play a little better. And so we played like ass for a whole half. And then I started watching some of the second half, and I realized, I mean, I think we got within eight at one point maybe or maybe even seven, and then the lead quickly ballooned about 20. And I said, I got to go. I mean, I'm, I'm just – I didn't stay for the end. I mean, I said, I'm, 
I got to get up at five in the morning and go to work. And I'm, I just don't want to, I'm going to go ahead and be pissed off while I'm laying down instead of being pissed off 20 minutes from now. That's 20 more minutes I can sleep. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't even want to honestly, Jimmy, and this, by the way, this podcast is going out Wednesday. So we don't know how we did against UNLV. We might've come back and, and killed it. And we'll talk about that some other time, but uh, for now, we're we're a little bit pissed, and I, I'm not for the jumping off the Nate Oates bandwagon bullshit. I mean, look, even think about Bruce Pearl. It took him four years to get Auburn anywhere, and and apparently he was a uh, he was doing some pretty nefarious things. So let's at least <laughs> right. give Nate Oates a little bit of time, more than a year in two games. So, and I think that's where we should leave this right now until we see more. That's exactly right. I mean, I, I you know, and I don't know. Everybody listening to this already knows what happening is UNLV. I, I don't know. I suspect we're going to play harder. Uh, I suspect the effort is going to be there. Uh, still, shots have to fall. Uh, one thing uh, that listeners of the podcast can appreciate, because we're right so little of the time, but one thing Luke and I nailed uh, in our last podcast is just the very idea in terms of how this team is built. Uh, I, I think, you know, we think it's just a very shooting-dependent team. I mean, this team's got a score knocking down shots from the outside because we don't have a front line of, of three six ten guys that just clean up around the basket. No, we, we've, we've basically recruited a team full of shooters. Even the center, Jordan Bruner, he's a shooter. James Rojas uh, put up a three last night. I mean, our big guys are shooters. The little guys obviously shoot. So we've got to knock down shots. So when you're a team that's built around that, to me, when you're knocking down shots, you can beat anybody anybody out there. We can beat Gonzaga if we're hitting shots. But when you don't hit shots, you get last night. I mean, I mean that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, we played worse beyond just not shooting well. But I'm just saying uh, when the shots fall, we're great. When they don't, we can be bad. And I, I, I think that's just something we're going to have to get used to seeing. It's sort of our style of play. And uh, – Hopefully tonight the shots start falling. If not, you're going to have to get some offensive rebounds, get more chances, uh, maybe maybe try to get the ball inside. Uh, but, man, uh, whew, when the shots don't fall, they haven't fallen in either game. Uh, although I do think it's notable. This is interesting. You know, we, we didn't play great against Jacksonville State, but we won easily. The next game out, Jacksonville State went and beat South Alabama. And South thinks they're good. And I thought South would be good. I mean, this is supposed to be a good South Alabama basketball team, and, and Jacksonville State beat them. So I, I I don't know what it all means. I guess what it means, Luke, is we just don't have a big sample size yet. So a lot still to be determined out there. Yeah, and again, um, this year in basketball, it doesn't lend itself to it, – it lends itself to teams that have a, a, a culture of winning, a culture of knowing how to play in all environments. And I think right now our team knows how to play well when the crowd's behind them, when they can get the momentum of the arena. And there's not going to be a lot of arena momentum out there because there are going to be very few people in said arena. So we're going to have to learn to shoot when you can still hear the squeaking of the, of the feet. And, um, you know, treat it like a, an in-game scrimmage almost. I mean, we can't. We're, we can't uh, use any kind of energy from a crowd when there is no crowd. So I right. think we've got to learn to win that way. You look at somebody like North Carolina, they got down 13 to nothing, I think, the UNLV, by the way, and then came back and just, I mean, beat them like the cards were stacked against them. I mean, from Vegas, you know, that's, that was my tie that's in there. Um, but anyway, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. 
go get yourself a Coors Light. Lordy mercy, did you need a Coors Light during that Alabama game last night? <laughs> Coors Light is the drink of choice if you want to chill. And we all needed to chill out a little bit. You probably need a good Coors Light or two or 20 after the game so you could just get yourself calmed down, get back to sleep, and realize we're going to play UNLV tonight, and that's going to be another time to have a Coors Light where you can celebrate responsibly. Coors Light, CoorsLight.com is where you want to go. Get your bad self over to Piggly Wiggly, over to Winn-Dixie, Food World, um, A&P, any of these grocery stores that still exist or don't exist anymore. Go to a Circle K, a, a Shell Station, whatever, and pick you up a six-pack of Coors Light, and that way we can all get through this basketball game together tonight. Go to CoorsLight.com, check them out. You can find out all about them. They're brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. I've toured that brewery. It's awesome. I would highly recommend it. Coors Light and CoorsLight.com. Jimmy, I got to go on a bit of a rant here. And first, I want to thank our uh, one of our loyal listeners and good buddies, uh, Philip Cunningham. I think we call him okay. P. Cunningham. But uh, we don't really call him that. But I thought that was kind of cool. I hope it kind of doesn't stick because it sounds like a it sounds like some kind of genital, doesn't it? It's I got a wart on my pee, honey. You know, it doesn't sound good, does it? Um, I think we can come up with something else. We can riff off that Cunningham thing, come up with a happy days thing. Like, that's like I'll tell you who he is. Uh, like, the very first episode of Happy Days ever, Richie had an older brother. And uh, he, he, yeah, Richie Cunningham had an older brother. And the kid had a basketball in his hands. And he went up the stairs and not only did we never see him again in any future episode, he was never even riffed again. <clears throat> Maybe that's Philip Cunningham. <laughs> what a bizarre thing. What a bizarre yeah. bit of trivia. I, I had no idea. Well, and how did just, he... It just all occurred to me. So they, they had him in one episode and they realized... The very first the pilot episode. At all? <laughs> I guess they're like, oh, we don't like that character. Let's just, let's just not... Admit. It wasn't even... It, it, it could have been, you know, in episode six, they would have said, eh, you know, our oldest son died in a bizarre gardening accident you know or something like that didn't even do that they just acted like it never like like richie never had an older brother but he did in episode one the kid he was shooting hoops and he i remember him walking up the stairs he's like holding a basketball never to be heard or seen again well you know that's funny i mean it would have been if they had had him, if they had even tied that in later, it really wouldn't go with the title of the show. But what if they had said like a couple <laughs> episodes later? Yeah, Richie's brother Philip. Um, you know, he looked so happy going upstairs with that basketball. What happened? Yeah, he hung himself with holding that basketball and uh, he hung himself with the ba- with the string from the net. The, yeah, he cut yeah. down the string from the net. That would still be a better episode than when Fonzie jumped the shark. <laughs> All right, but anyway, yeah, Philip Cunningham. Philip Cunningham. Philip Cunningham said to us in a tweet, does everyone just not want to give the Heisman to Mac? Is that it or is that it? We all just look at him and think that doesn't look like the most outstanding football player. Plus, do we look at Saban Sark and his weapons and his O-line and discount the production? Okay, I got to go on a rant here, Jimmy. Yesterday, I listened to a show sometimes called Sports Call in Auburn, and um I like them, you know, good guys, just regular dudes having a sports call show. I like that. I mean, nothing super fancy, no, not a bunch of, you know, sound effects and graphics, just just regular stuff, not kissing a lot of butt. Um, but it's Auburn-centric, obviously. It's right there in Auburn. And I listen to them because I feel like, hey, you got to know the enemy. Well, um, every night again, I call in. And last night, 
uh, they start, somebody started talking about Mac Jones and each one of the hosts, I think two of the three hosts said, yeah, we do kind of feel like he's a game manager. You know, if you put any, they said with all that stuff, Alabama's got, if you put me back there, I'd have those numbers. So I couldn't stand it. I called in and said, first of all, no, you couldn't do that if you stood back there. Number one, because Georgia's already tried that with Thur- uh, Thurston Howell the third. They ch- they put just a warm body who knows how to throw a football back there, and it didn't work out. So that's what got Georgia in trouble. They've got the same kind of NFL talent Alabama has, but they, if you you've got to still have a quarterback. And I said, you know what? Check out the throw to Jaleel Billingsley for a touchdown. Can a game manager make that throw? Hell no. Can a game manager make the throw to John Mechie on that final fade pattern, final touchdown? Hell, Hell no. no. Hell so no. stop with that shit. And also, he said, yeah, I think that's why Trask deserves it. I said, Kyle Trask has Kyle Pitts. He's the best tight end in the last five years in college football. Devon, yes, Alabama's got Devontae. He said, well, Alabama's got – this was a quote now. He said, Alabama's got four NFL receivers and two NFL first-round draft picks at running back. I said – Okay, Najee's not going to go in the first round, probably. No, and then who's the no. other one? Then who are the four wide receivers you're talking about? He doesn't have Waddle anymore, and he threw for yeah, five. Yeah, I count one. Auburn. And he's got Devontae Smith, who will go in the first round. I give you that. But I don't know if Mechie ever will be a first rounder. He's good. I like probably him. Not. So, probably so not. My point is, I'm so sick. And then, you know what he said? This was his comeback. This, And he was sort of like dismissing me. It, it sort of pissed me off. He said, yeah, I kind of feel like he's Joe Namath. I said, Joe Namath's in the GD Hall of Fame, man. What do you want? He said, yeah, but his numbers don't. He's in there because he's a character. I said, that's not true at all. A character? I said, do you know? Have you ever watched any football at all? Do you know anything? Tony Brown is a character. Is he going into the Hall of Fame? (laughs) Tony Brown, Hall of Fame cornerback. How many tackles did he have? Six. (laughs) But But he was crazy. He's but he was crazy, Tony Brown. I mean, I was losing my mind. And I said, I said, guys, look. And then they said, if another caller called in after me, is like, yeah, I don't know what that other guy was talking about. If you put Bo Nix on Alabama, I said, if you put Bo Nix on Alabama, yes, his numbers are better. Don't get me wrong, because he's got a better offensive line. But he's still got happy feet. He, it, Bo Nix looks like the lord of the dance out there half the time. You know, he's out there moving those feet around so much, you don't even know which direction he's going, and he wants to take off running. So, and he's throwing it to Seth Williams. He's not throwing it to a a bag of potatoes out there. He's throwing it to the fastest man in college football and Seth Williams. Those are two pretty Auburn's got it. Yeah, Auburn's got enough. I mean, we got two NFL receivers. They got two NFL receivers. You know, in terms of, yeah. It just bugged me to know. I was like, yo, and, and they kept saying, you know, we're not. I can't believe you're putting down Alabama's other players. I said, I'm not. Alabama's loaded to the gills. They're going to win the Joe Moore trophy. Najee may win the Doak Walker. Uh, Devontae should win the uh, the Blitnikoff. Um, and, and, yeah, that shit may happen. And Mac may win the Heisman. But, but you know what? He should not be held uh, to a much higher standard because he's throwing it to guys who get open, but he's putting it where it needs to be. I mean, look here. We've put Bryce Young out there, and I love me some Bryce Young. I've been on the Bryce Young train since day one. So, but we've put Bryce Young out there, and we put him out there with Devontae. We put him out there with even Waddle at times, and he doesn't put up the kind of he doesn't do the kind of things Mac does. Now it's different, different games and different moments, right. different times in the game. And here's the other: they mentioned the Kyle Trask numbers. I said, you know, 
Mac Jones's yardage isn't that far behind Trask at all. And Trask has to play the whole flipping game because they can't stop anybody. Mac Jones is right. out by the fourth quarter. All that's right. And I'll add one more thing, although that was a uh, beautiful rant and I uh, could not agree uh, more. I'll just throw this in too. For There will be people who will say, and you've already said it, and, and, and these Auburn critics, uh, say, you know, you can't give it to Mac because of his surrounding cast. Uh, there are too, too many good players around him. And, uh, and, and anyone can do that, or it's not all Mac. It, it, it's all, it's all that help around him. Okay. Two points to that. First of all, Joe Burrow won the Heisman last year and he had Clyde Edwards Hilaire at running back. He had three first round wide receivers and the Joe Moore offensive line. Doesn't that yep. all sound sort of familiar to this year in Alabama? No one said, no, you can't give it to Burrow. Look at his cast. Max cast is no different than the cast that Joe Burrow played with last year at LSU. That's exactly secondly, right. Secondly, if you also say you can't give it to Mac because he's just a game manager, he just drives the, sh- the ship. It's, it's all about Najee and the backs and Devontae and the receivers and that offensive line. And then that same person votes for Trevor Lawrence. Look, Clemson played without Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame in a tough, tough environment against one of the best five teams in the country, and they put in a true freshman quarterback. All that guy did was throw for 400 yards, the most yards ever thrown against a Notre Dame defense ever, and that was Trevor's replacement. So don't say uh, you can't give any credit to Mac. Anybody can do that and then vote for Trevor. Because apparently DJ Ungulalele is every bit as good as Trevor. Yeah, that, hey, that's that's good. But anyway, I'm just saying, uh, you, you know, Trevor was replaced and his backup through for the most yards ever thrown against Notre Dame and Notre Dame history. And I think they started playing football at Notre Dame in the Middle Ages. No, so that's exactly right. And I used the Joe Burrow argument. I said, "Did y'all think Joe Burrow deserved the Heisman?" They're like, "Yeah." I said, "All he had was." a first-round running back, the Joe Moore uh, offensive line, and three NFL first-round picks. That's all he had. I mean, and he had to play more because the defense wasn't as good as the, the defense Alabama has right now. Their defense was fine, but it wasn't as good as – I would argue it's not as good as Alabama's right now. Would Am I wrong there? Uh, I think they're basically roughly the same. I mean, I, same, I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would say they're roughly the same. How about this, too? Uh, he had – Burroughs second team tight end played in the senior bowl and was a fourth round pick. His yep. main tight end outproduced him and didn't get drafted at all. And Thaddeus Moss. So, so what I'm saying is Burroughs supporting cast was insanely good and nobody stopped one second and said, Oh, I can't give it to him. Look at all the guys around, him. but that's what they say about Mac. And I guess the knock, I think some of it is his appearance. I think Philip Cunningham, Richie Cunningham's older missing brother is correct in saying that I think some of it is Mac's appearance. I think some of it is, even though everyone knows the name Mac Jones now and he's, he's recognizable, he, he, he lacks some charisma. I, I don't think we'll see Mac, you know, uh, selling all the products that Tua is already selling. He seems to, to kind of lack that a little bit. Trevor has it in spades. Uh, but 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 Mac just I, I guess I guess people are just slow to want to recognize that someone that looks like Mac is the best 
college football player in the country. And frankly, he's not. As we talked about on the last podcast, Devontae Smith is the best football player on this team, not Mac. But in terms of who is awarded the Heisman Trophy over the last 30 years or more, it has to be Mac Jones and not that, that's Devontae. That's right. That's right. And here's the thing. Um, that's what I, That's my whole argument. Like, I don't care if you don't think you should win the Heisman. I get that. I, I understand that because I think the Heisman is not what it should be anyway. And, I, you know, if I'm really voting, I'm probably voting for Devontae. So having said that, I think you're right about, and I think Philip too, P. Cunny, is right about the fact that um, it's really about the way he looks and, and not just that he's white, not just that he's regular white. Like he looks like, a white dude who would be in the uh, progressive commercial about, hey, I'm trying to teach these people how not to be their parents, you know, which is a great commercial, by the way. But, you know, you think about Taylor, uh, 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 shoot, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has a hook. He's long. He's lanky. He's got this, these flowing locks of hair. He's got a big nose. He's got, you know, he's got a hook, man. And he's, he's built, he's just a prototype NFL quarterback. He's just a, a badass. Tua had a hook. He's he's a the the slinging Samoan. Tua. I mean, he's he's he had a hook. Um, yep. you know, all these other guys. Joe Burrow had a hook. He came from nothing. You know, he came from like the, the yep. some. You know, we're not. I he don't was know an average hurt. player the year before. He yeah, was an he's average an player the year before. Super average player who transferred in, sort of down on his luck. I didn't even know his whole backstory until that Heisman speech. But when I found it, I was like, that guy had a story, man. Um. I'm trying to think, and who's the other one? Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask kind of got a story. He wasn't a starter uh, until last oh. year before he was in eighth grade. You know, so, That's right. um, you know, my, my point is, um, I understand. I get why you wouldn't want to – Mac looks like a dude who would be Richie Cunningham's brother. But don't <laughs> hold that against him. So That's, right. that's The it. numbers are the numbers. But I, I'm uh, – you know, obviously we're biased. We're Alabama fans. We want Mac to win. Uh, uh, I say this every year, regardless of the guy I'm rooting for. You know, I, I think it's rare that based on who they give the Heisman to, that there's one deserving guy. I think in terms of deserving the Heisman Trophy, I would tell you that Devontae Smith deserves it because I think he might be the most outstanding player in college football. Uh, but if Trevor Lawrence wins it or if Kyle Trask wins it, uh, uh, I will not feel like Mac was robbed. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Trask, based on what's happened so far, are deserving winners. Uh, I think they deserve to win it uh, because they've put up the numbers, they've won the games, their team wins every week. Basically, yeah, you know, Trevor hasn't lost yet. Um, you know, so now Justin Fields, I would feel differently because Ohio State hasn't played in many games, and in their right. biggest game, he threw three interceptions. So Fields should be out of it. Zach Wilson's had a, a good year, and I would say is almost deserving, but he hadn't put up those numbers against the competition that the other guys did. So I think Trask, Mack, and Trevor Lawrence are, are all deserving, and we'll see how the votes go. Um, I think what separates Mack, though, in terms of like if I was making an argument for Mack uh, ahead of the other two, is Mack's quarterback rating against ranked teams is just out of this world. And theirs is lesser. Um, so I just think Max played better against better teams. So that's why I think Max should win it. But uh, Trask is great. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks in the history of college football. Uh, he's great. And uh, I'm not going to be angry if, uh, if they win. I'll just be disappointed. 
All right, buddy, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk college football playoff rankings. Okay, today for the final segment, it'll just be uh, me, Luke, by myself. Um, we didn't want to do a third segment on the college football playoff rankings when we didn't know what they were going to be uh, when we were doing the segment. That makes a lot of sense, right? So we decided we'd try and do it this morning and to in effort to get the podcast out as quickly as possible. And because I know Jimmy didn't wake up as early as I do, I'm going to go ahead and cut this myself. Uh, it, so it won't be very long, probably won't be very informative, but, uh, you know, take from it what you will. So first of all, shout out to the basketball team rebounding, literally, and um, defeating UNLV last night after a putrid performance against Stanford. I think we can all agree that performance against Stanford was enough to turn off most average Alabama basketball fans. It doesn't take much to turn them off anymore, um, but I think it did turn some people uh, away from the from the game just for a minute. But the UNLV game, though it started out kind of sloppy and it was tied at half, and UNLV is not as good as we are, but we allowed one of their dudes to just shoot absolute lights out. And um, but we did pull away late and made it a ten point game in the end, and I think that that uh, certainly deserves some credit. We got Providence tonight, um, and Jimmy and I will talk about that, I'm sure. But the college football playoff rankings, there's just not a lot to dissect right now. Um, it's the same as it was the previous week, essentially, at least when it comes to the top six. Now. Having Georgia at eight seems a little high. I'm for it because it helps Alabama. It helps the perception of Alabama. Alabama doesn't need it right now, but it helps. And um, so that's good for Alabama. Having Texas A&M at, at uh, five is is good for Alabama. But, uh, you know, I think the interesting thing is, is Ohio State, and what do you do if they can't play moving forward? I mean, that's the conversation nationally. Um, if they can't play in their title game, I don't see any way – that they get in. Now, I understand some people may find that hypocritical coming from an Alabama fan whose team got into the playoffs without playing in the SEC title game back in 2017. I understand that. Um, that makes some sense. But the difference is Alabama still played the number of games they needed to play. Ohio State wasn't going to play the number of games they needed to play uh, or or were slated to play before the pandemic anyway. I think they were going to play eight, nine with the championship game, right? So if they miss a two or three games and they don't qualify for their own conference game, it doesn't make sense to put them in. We just don't have enough to know. We think, I, I believe, I know, I know they are one of the four most talented teams in the country. That's indisputable. They, I mean, if you just said, if you told an NFL GM, hey, what are the four most talented teams in terms of squads that will have players drafted, it's probably going to be Alabama, Clemson, uh, Ohio State, and, and then maybe Georgia, something like that. Um, so, But Ohio State's going to be in that mix. But the problem is you still have to play some games if you don't have to. I didn't buy the argument when people used to say, why play the games if Alabama still gets in 2017? Well, we played a lot of games, so we still had a huge sample size. This year, we just don't have that kind of sample size from, from most anybody. I mean, Alabama's playing fewer games than they were slated to play, obviously. Everybody is, for the most part. Um, 
So I just think it would be grossly unfair if Ohio State gets in having only played six games, maybe even seven. I think seven may be too few. Now, I do understand that they will probably get in if they play seven with a championship game. But I think that's too few. I don't. I just don't think it's right that everybody else has to go through the rigors of a, a ten game season. You get three or eleven game season. You get three fewer games. It just doesn't seem right to me. Um, but you know the overall the rankings about where I thought they'd be, about where everybody thought they'd be. There's just not a lot of guesswork. There's guesswork during the week about who can actually play, um, who's going to have uh, an opt out. LaDamian Webb opted out of Florida State. Did I? Why am I just now seeing that? But he did. Um, he's from Beauregard, Alabama. Fabulous running back. Unbelievable running back in high school. Bounced around some JUCOs, ended up at Florida State, committed to Mississippi State originally way back when. Um, yeah, he could be an interesting guy in play for somewhere like Auburn. He's from the Auburn area, so I, I could see him ended up there. Anywho, I think that's that's the story right now is that there's there's not a ton to talk about with the rankings. There's just not a lot of uh, not a lot of interesting things going on. Now there may be coming up. You know, if Ohio State's game this weekend gets canceled and Ryan Day cannot coach in it already, that's been pointed out. That's that that's not going to happen. That he's not going to coach because he's tested positive. But if and if they lose some more players, then Ohio State's got a somewhat of a mess on their hands. Um, so Notre Dame. And Clemson, it looks like they're going to get to play one fewer game before the championship game, so nobody has to uh, play an extra game or get beat up right before the championship game, which I think is very smart. Look, if Alabama wins this weekend, and we all think they will against LSU, and if Florida wins this weekend, and we all think they will against um, whoever the hell they're playing, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) They're playing some, oh, Tennessee. Yeah, they're going to beat Tennessee. But if those two teams win... I'm all for saying, hey, let's just not play Alabama, Arkansas, and Florida, and whatever it'd be the next week. Let's just not play it. Just don't worry about it. Why, why play it? Let's let our two teams get rested and uh, you know, stay in the bubble. Don't send them home that weekend or anything. But let's let our two teams get rested and have their best game coming up for the SEC championship. I think that's smart. I, I hate it for somebody like Devontae Smith who's going for school records. I hate it for somebody like Najee Harris who's going for school records. I hate it for Mac Jones who's trying to uh, build up his resume for the Heisman. But, you know, I, I think I'd rather have that championship. I, I'm probably not alone there. So, and in the end, the Heisman's probably going to come down to the SEC championship game anyway. So I don't want Mac Jones getting hurt against a, a feisty Arkansas squad. I don't want that happening, and I don't think y'all do either. So um, that's my thought there. I, I doubt that happens. There's TV money at stake and some other things at stake. But I think what what we could see in that Arkansas game is assuming Alabama gets ahead, out ahead of them pretty early, um, we could see the backups in a little quicker. Even though that's not Saban's normal MO, I think that could be something we see against Arkansas. But that's weeks down the road. Jimmy and I will certainly break down and talk about this LSU game coming up in the next two podcasts. Want to say that we appreciate everybody listening. We really do. I mean, we we like you guys, and um, I'm stopping short of love. I mean, I I don't know most of you, um, but we really do like you guys. We want y'all to keep listening. If there's anything you want us to talk about ever, just tweet at us. It's it's very simple. Uh, at ls robinson twenty one at qb underscore country at locked on bama. You can get us all those various ways. 
and um, we'd be happy to hear from you. So stay with us, guys, and uh, keep listening and roll time.